Father, right now we just thank you, Father. We break all heaviness right now, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the oil to pour from heaven and break anything it needs to break right now, Father. Your anointing breaks the yoke, Father. And we need your anointing. If we're not crying out for your anointing, something's wrong with us, Father, not with you, Father. And I thank you that you bless this message tonight, that you bless me to bless others, Father, that, you would, that I would be out of the way so that you can be in the way, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. And this message is called Aroma. Aroma. And everybody in the body of Christ, everybody in the world, really, is actually, is actually giving off an aroma in the Spirit. There's a, there was a, a thing in the Old Testament that every time there was a sacrifice, every time there was something burnt on the altar, it gave up an aroma in the atmosphere. It gave up something, a smell and a smoke. And then there were many, many, many scriptures. I didn't obviously bring them all because it would be too ridiculous. It's like most of the, New Te most of the Old Testament of, it, of this happening on and off. God saying, do this to this sacrifice, put it on the altar, burn it, do this one, do that one. And after every one except a few, and we know those few, it said, and, the, and it was a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. And then there was obviously your few where it was strange fire and God had a, it was, was wroth with the aroma. There was times where he was angry with the aroma. There was times where he was satisfied with the aroma. But there was something about the aroma. There was something about the burning of the sacrifice that created this smell, that created this thing that would please God. And this, there's an aroma that we're giving off now today in the spirit. And it has to please God. And, our, and the aroma that we give off is, and everybody that has discernment can discern, can feel. When somebody has something deep down inside them, it gives off an aroma of, and, and everybody else, any, every other spiritual person can feel it. If somebody has a certain spirit, if, if somebody has this, or somebody has that, or somebody has the aroma of Christ, others around them can feel it. If somebody has a lustful spirit, you can, when you're, if you who are spiritual, we can actually, we can actually discern and feel the, the burning that, that they have in their heart for that thing, that aroma that's on them, that scent. Our spirit has a scent, but it's not like the flesh where we smell with our nose. It's more like this, it's more like a, this feeling we get from another person. And that's called an aroma in the spirit that we all get that we have to know. And it plays a big, giant part. We're going to so go really deep into it. Genesis 4, 3 through 6. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the, of the ground and an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of the flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of his offering. But unto Cain, to his offering, he had no respect. So you see, there's two types of people always. There's some people, that everybody in the body of Christ, everybody in the church, everybody in general is laying down offerings constantly to the Lord. Whether it's offerings of religion, offerings of, and, and we're going to get into how Paul talks a lot about the aroma of Christ, how we're supposed to be a living sacrifice and we're supposed to be living and pleasing to the Lord. But some of us, are, our sacrifice on the altar is not is not pleasing to God. It's actually displeasing Him. And no matter how much we do, no matter how, how right we are in the flesh, the aroma that's coming from within us is still displeasing the Lord. You see, there was nothing wrong that Cain was really doing at all. 
He was doing his job in the flesh. He was tilling the ground, doing all this. But you see, obviously, past the scriptures, that Cain was actually burning with jealousy. Did it say that he was burning with jealousy? No. Never says that he's burning against Abel with jealousy, but we speak about that because we know by the Spirit what that was. We can discern how Cain's heart was being spiritual people and God knowing all things past, present, and future. We know that's what it was because why would he kill his brother? And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thou continence fallen? And then after this following, it says how he, and then Abel and Cain met in the field, and then he, he, gone, he went to kill his brother. So there was, a, there was a, a burning jealousy inside, a germination of jealousy that was inside of Cain that could not be seen by man, but it could be felt in the spirit. And, 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 and going forward, it actually created a physical manifestation. You see, when, the, when a sacrifice was done on the altar in the Old Testament, there was two types of manifestations from that altar. There was a seen manifestation, and there was an unseen manifestation. The seen manifestation was the smoke and the fire that came from the sacrifice that went into the air that was seen. Then there was the smell of the sacrifice. And it said it, the smell was pleasing to the Lord, or sometimes we'll say it was displeasing to the Lord. And there's two types of manifestations that we are giving off in the Spirit. And actually, we actually end up having things that, that are deep down in our heart because God is saying the, nowadays the altar now of, is actually our heart. And what we germinate on that altar is actually what's being burnt and a sacrifice up to the Lord. And this is creating an outward manifestation. This is also creating an, a manifestation that can only be felt in the Spirit. And you'll see that many things that are deep down in people's heart actually end up, whether they, they intended for it or not, actually manifest in the flesh. That's why you can have times where somebody has an offense, but you cannot necessarily pinpoint that offense, but you smell it, your spirit senses it. There's an aroma coming. No, there's an Something dead there, and you can smell the deadness of that thing because we know religion and all those and all darkness is dead. But at the same token, then eventually that offense starts to bring manifestation of things. And it brought manifestation to Cain right here. And God noticed that Cain's countenance fell. He was he ended up his whole spirit and physical demeanor changed into a low, lowly kind of place. And when th and the things that are at the bottom of our heart, they will actually change the continence of our spirit and our flesh. And we'll start to, and even though, and there's many times where we may have something in our heart and we pretend it's not there, but that thing that's deep down inside of our heart is still being effective on our flesh. And then you start to see times where people are like, hey, I see that in you. I see, what, what was this that you were doing? That, that, that kind of made me feel weird. But deep in their mind, it, the intention was right. But deep down, the thing that's in their heart is still giving off an aroma and still bringing a manifestation, whether they like it or not. You understand what I'm saying? There was, Cain didn't mean, you think Cain wanted his continence to fall? But it fell. Because there was an outward manifestation of what was in his heart. That, that jealousy started to affect his body. And he started to grow weary. And then another outward manifestation of him going at Abel, 
And these things, that's why God says jealousy and all these things and, and unforgiveness, they are actually of the spirit of murder because you obviously see though, that thing was, was being uh, burnt in Cain's heart and germinating and eventually out bringing an outward manifestation. Because those things that are in our heart, those jealousies, those unforgiveness, those hates, they actually end up bringing things. And whether we kill our brother or sister in the flesh or not, we will end up, we will end up uh, what's it called, gossiping about them, speaking things about them. In other cases that we don't want to ever see is somebody getting hurt physically. But does the, sometimes the person actually doesn't have control. And then they start rebuking themselves. Why am I gossiping, gossiping? Well, you can't control it because guess what? That's deep down in your heart. And now the devil can actually, through that, through that seed, can actually bring roots whether you like it or not. And this is why in the kingdom of God, we actually cannot just try to stop jealousy. We cannot just try to stop offenses. We cannot just try to do those things and try to stop them or keep them at bay. We actually have to destroy them. We cannot, they have to be literally rooted out of our heart because whether we like it or not, that deep down thing is going to affect us or not. We, it's, it doesn't matter how many times we hide it. It will, it, it's going to, its head is going to come out. It says, out of the mouth, the, the, the heart speaks. Even your mouth at the end of the day, when all said is done, when you were covering up no matter what, because we all put cover up on in the spirit, at the end of the day, your mouth will end up exposing you. Because, at, because that's, that's just the word right there. That's just a spiritual principle. At the end of the day, your mouth will end up speaking whether you like it or not. And, you know, speaking of all this stuff that's going on, I started, I, I, there's these videos circulating about these news people that they're actually exposing themselves on the news channel. And they're actually saying their real hidden agenda, how they actually were trying to infect people. And the one news lady, she's on there reporting and she's like, we didn't infect enough people. You think that she wanted to say that? Would she wanted to expose the real plans? No, but, be, but what was deep down ended up getting exposed anyway, because that's how it works. And this, is, this, is, this would, should bring the fear of the Lord to us to want to get rid of everything deep down and stop de dealing with things at surface level, because whether or not a spiritual person doesn't have to see you do something or doesn't have to see an outward manifestation. If Abel was spiritual, he probably discerned already that his brother was burning with hate. God already discerned because he's God, but I'm saying God has, is a spiritual being and he, we have the same spiritual discernment as him. He was also seeing the murder, the spirit of murder and Cain before he even murdered. But there was an aroma that was given off that Cain, that, that only those who are spiritual can feel it. We, can, we have the power to discern, to discern these things. You're going to get around certain people and some people you're going to feel this displeasing thing with them. Some people you're going to feel pleased with them and you'll feel how God feels about certain people. You'll feel what's in, deep down in people's hearts. This is the aroma that they are giving off in the spiritual realm. And then you will start to see other things if it's still there, if there's no repentance. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal pr procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. You see, the knowledge of him even has an aroma. The, the manifestation of Christ in a person even has an aroma. It, ha it carries a feeling with it. It carries something that actually penetrates the atmosphere. Everything deep down inside of us is going, to, is going to affect the atmosphere. This atmosphere that we are in is going to be affected by every single person. I'm talking about the spiritual atmosphere. 
is going to be affected by every single person in this room depending on what's deep down in the person. No matter how deep it is, no matter how, how far it is, it affects this atmosphere. And everywhere you go, every church you go, every place you go, even if different people gather in different places, what, is, what you're feeling in that room, what you're discerning in that room is affected by who, who's in that room and what's germinating on them. And obviously we can go deeper in this, principalities and all that. But really, principalities only have powers over cities because it has power over the people. Principalities just don't go in cities and say, yeah, I'm going to take over. No, they get, they get, yeah, they take over because the people are already taken by the devil. So they could just start p p uh, possession. You know, people say, oh, there's a homosexual. I've heard it before, p prayer people. Oh, there's a homosexual spirit coming to New York City. Well, it's only coming to New York City because the people are heeding that spirit. It's not because the spirit can just take it. If the spirits can just take our atmosphere, then we're, we're screwed. Forget it. We, we're not going to be able to do nothing. But they come because we, our hearts are delivered and they can't take And we're delivering more people in the city. And the more and more people we're delivering to people, the spiritual atmosphere and climate is changing. And it's getting lighter and the darkness is fading that we can feel in the spirit. The more people and the more, and not only the more people, but really the more we, we're increasing in the aroma of Christ, the more we are affecting the atmosphere in this place and the more we are affecting the atmosphere in this city and wherever we go. And that's why when we go to different cities and different countries, we see things change in different manifestations when we're there rather than when we're not there because the aroma that we're giving off in the spirit, the things that we're burning in our hearts are actually affecting what was already happening. The atmosphere is there. We're actually pushing against the dark, the dark smells of Satan. We're actually pushing, pushing against the spiritual forces by what we carry, just by what we carry inside, not even just by what we do. See, we think by what we do, we, we just change an atmosphere. But it's not just by what we do that changes an atmosphere, it's by what we have inside of us. And this is what Paul starts to say. And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. See, the aroma everywhere. The spiritual climate everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. Meaning the church being saved. See how it didn't say saved? Being saved. And those who are perishing. We give off an aroma. We give off... A, 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 a spiritual sense to people that are in the church, people that are of God, people that are not of God. When we go to the lost out here, they can feel something that they don't know necessarily what it's about, but they can feel something. They can, even if their spirit's dead, they can smell it, What's, what we're carrying. But they, they may not be able to discern and know what it is, but me, we being spiritual, how much more are we supposed to know what we're, our spirit is sensing now? Because now we have the voice of God. For we are to God the pleasing aroma among those who are being saved and who are perishing. To the ones, to the one we are an aroma that brings death. To, so, so to one type of people, we're bringing death to them. And to the other, an aroma that brings life. And I forgot to get the rest of the scripture for that. I don't know why it didn't make it on the paper here. But it actually goes into the, to the fact that we're bringing death unto the dead and we're bringing life unto the, those that have life. So... When we are around the dead, because they don't receive Christ and because they don't want Christ, because they're not seeking for truth, we are actually bringing more deadness. To, we're, actually making, we're actually bringing them 
Because it says that when you bring the word, if they don't, if they don't, if we, if we don't convert them to Christ, they actually, darkness actually goes, they actually end up going more towards the darkness. Because that now they miss their chance. There's different things with different people. Different people end up getting pushed further into Satan when they, don't, when, they don't, when they pass up on their test to receive Christ or not. People end up getting, cities and people end up getting judged by God for not receiving Christ. There's been times in the Bible and times in our time where people have, things have happened to people, whether death or, or spiritual death to them, because they did not receive Christ in the people of God. Look at Ananias and Sapphira. Because of the things in their heart, it brought death. The aroma that was on the church brought death. And because and for other people that were seeking God, that didn't know God, it brought life to those who were seeking life. We, this really matters. Now this makes you want to actually clean your heart because now you know, guess what? I can't hide anymore because spiritual people can discern what's really in my heart. What's deep down inside, they know. Because they can feel it, even at times unbelievers can feel it. And, I, and I, when I get around unbelievers, I want them to feel the power. I want to come around them and they can, there's an aroma of Christ in the air, whether it, it affects them in a good way or in a way that pushes them towards judgment. But I want that aroma. I don't want that aroma where I come around them and they feel good around me and they feel like they could be, and I don't mean feel good as in like they want to receive me. I'm talking about like where they feel good, they can connect on a worldly, soulish level. The more soulish stuff we have in us that's why we get so that's why sometimes we get around soulless people especially around certain people around our families and we connect so easily with them because there's still soulless things burning on our heart there's still see you notice people that and they're in the world even they actually connect together because the same things they're burning for each other like a lot you see a lot of the sports guys hang out with the sports guys why because they're both burning for sports a lot of the money guys hang out with the money guy. A lot of the, uh, you know, whatever. They all, and if you still got an idol of money, you're going to get around the rich people and there's going to be a like spirit or a familiar spirit there because you still have greediness in you. Or you are obsessed with something or whatever. You're going to have the same, you're going to have a, a soulless connection because that's in you and that's in them. And it doesn't matter if they're saved or not or they're born again or not. You still have the same tie to the world that they do. And those ties go to the same place, and that's why you guys are still connected. When you get around your, you should, we need to come to a place where we get around our family, and if they're seeking God, they'll, we'll be, we'll be, they'll be pleased with us. And if they're, if they're totally against God, it shouldn't really. Be. It says, what, what agreement does the temple of God have? The temple have with the temple of devils? What agreement? But you have agreement with the temple of devils because you still have devils affecting your heart. There's still things in your heart that you're, you're still at the fellowship with, with, the, with the same fellowship that they're at. That's why you can, there's no natural, because when you get around people that are against God and all this stuff, there's going to be, whether it manifests itself on the outward, there's going to be a, a, a conflict feeling there. There should be a, this thing where there's just no connection. And we shouldn't get mad. And I'm not saying we don't want to save people, but we shouldn't get mad when we get around family members that are in the world and other people when there's, and there's no connection. Because there shouldn't be. It's not biblical. Romans 12.1 Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service for worship. 
which is your spiritual service for worship. Burning our, ourselves on the altar as a living sacrifice. It says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is what we need to be laying on the altar. And anything that comes against obedience and giving our lives to God, any part that where we're, where we're, we're not filled in that area with obedience and giving our life as, as a sacrifice to God is going to be a weak point. And that's where we have our dis, where displeasure burns in our life. Where we get in certain arenas and there's actually something that comes on us that actually changes the aroma from our spirit. Because we're still, a correct, we're still associated with that arena deep down inside. But we need, to get, we need to let every single faucet of our life be sacrificed on the altar to God. To, and I don't mean like where we stop doing things. I'm talking about where we say, this is yours, God. What do you want to do with it? Not a sacrifice because people talk about this sacrifice and they think they need to become a monk. They need to do this. They need to do that. No, it's about giving. It's about putting yourself on the altar and saying, do what you want, God. Set it on fire. Burn it. Do whatever you want. It's yours now. I am yours and you are mine. Meaning everything that you have, everything that, every, every bit of your future is now my future. And now you are in, in control of my future and everything that I want. It's not, I want something so I'm going to sacrifice myself so I can get, some, get something from you. Because you're going to be pleased. No, I'm being, I'm actually burning myself on the altar so that now the aroma can change. And now God can actually come down, just like when the aroma came down in the, in the temple of Moses, the glory, then the glory came in the room, in the tent of meetings. Then the presence of God, when the, when the, when the aroma was pleasing in the, in the desert, that's when the glory came down. But it's, what did it say when it talked about certain, there were so many requirements for each sacrifice. Can't have blemish, needs to be seasoned with salt, has to be a certain animal, has to be a certain thing. And these things all have, to, and, and we can go so deep into that, all that, the salt of the earth, you know, without spot or blemish, that we can go, everybody, I mean, if you're spiritually minded, you can kind of figure that out. But that's, it all has to do with the obedience to the word and obedience to the spirit. And this is how we make the, the sacrifice of ourselves pleasing to God. And walk in love just as Christ, Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love, so remember, Sacrifice the holy our bodies as a holy living sacrifice is our spiritual service. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. See, now Christ is actually our our our, our is actually supposed to be our aroma now. And we're gonna get I, I'm actually gonna skip to that part right there where. It gets really, really deep in Leviticus 1. And if you notice, they never sacrificed really any other animal. It was usually a ram, a sheep, or a, uh, uh, what was the other one? There was another one. And a cow, whatever. But it was always in the family of the sheep. And I even searched up a ram, and I didn't even know that a ram is actually a male sheep, really. It's with just with horns. And I didn't know that because I'm like, okay, why, why doesn't he go get a sheep? Isn't, doesn't Jesus represent, isn't he the lamb of God? But it's actually the same. It's just a male thing. And then God started showing me and I started going through all those things about the, burnt, the sacrifices and the pleasing aroma to God. And it was always a ram or a, sh- or, a, or a male sheep that they had to burn as a spiritual sacrifice. 
And now Jesus being our lamb, now Jesus being our ram, he's now the sacrifice. He's now the thing where that God is actually going to be pleased with us in our life. And I'm not just talking about, oh, he did it on the cross. That's one thing. That got us to be pleasing to enter into that place, to enter into the courts. But now to stay into the courts of God's, God's um, courts of the tabernacle, we, actually, we need to continue. There needs to be continual worship. There was, there's always continual worship at the throne room, and it can't just begin and end just with what he did that day. Now, the aroma of Christ is the manifestation of Christ in our bodies. Now, as Christ is manifesting in my life, now as, Christ, now as the mind of Christ, the heart of God, the intentions of Christ, the intentions of the Holy Spirit are now being embedded in my heart and mind, it is Christ and now it's a pleasing aroma unto God. But when we have a mixture, there's actually two different smells. You get, ever get around people and you smell, you feel like your spirit feels pleased with them, but then you feel something's off, you feel like a mixture. Because they're burning two things. They have a mixture in them. They have eleven. It said when you bring the when you bring the, the bread sacrifice, the 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 it was, it's to be without leaven. It's to be without the lump. It was to be without spot or blemish. And that's the same thing with us. If we have a mixture, we cannot fully have the glory of God enter our temple. We have to be totally unspotted. That's why the apostolic apostolic ministry is what we need at the, in this hour because it's going to take out the blemishes, it's going to take out the spots, it's going to take out the things that make our sacrifice to God, the Lamb of God, because some of us are bringing sheep, we're bringing lambs to the altar, but we're bringing, some of us bring, are bringing out bringing a blemish. Some of us are not salting our sheep. Some of us are not, you know what, let's get into it because this is actually gets into the, everything, every part of that. What, what, how... The requirement of the male ram, what it, what it was required on the altar. And it's all spiritual. Leviticus 1. The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord, bring us your offering an animal from either the herd of either herd of the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, you are to offer a male without defect. You must present it, and obviously, and like I said, it was the ram. I went through all the, all the, all the things. It was always a ram. It was always a male sheep. And if they couldn't find the ram, it always was something that was very associated with that because it was, God was trying to, set, to show them, at, in a sense. And for, think about it. God did things in the Old Testament way back then, two, two three, however many thousand years ago it really is, just to sh make a shadow and speak to us today. Three, four thousand years ago, just to speak to us. They didn't even know what the heck they're doing. Why does, why does God always want a lamb? Why can't I just get a raccoon? He's right, there's a raccoon right there in the bush. Why does it always got to be? Because God is so deep. He's so, he's so in love with his bride that he even needs, needed to use his people four thousand years, years ago just to speak to his people in the 2020 day. That's how much in love he is with his bride. And most of the... Old Testament of everything that God did, he was always had two aspects to it. He was doing something for that moment, but he was also using it to, to be a spiritual understanding and message for us now so that we can understand his heart now. Everything that God does, and, and someone said that when we get to heaven, we're going to see 
the, how God tied all these things together, all these spiritual things that we can't even, we're not even going to see now, how God is like an artist and how he puts everything together and everything is tied together. And we're even seeing that now. And the more and more, because God is eternal, this, he has no end to him. And we're going to see that and see that and see that for eternity. Where do you think art came from? If the offering is a burnt offering for, from the herd, you are to offer a male without defect. See, with, there's one requirement, without defect, without spot. You must present it at the entrance to the tent of meeting so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. You are to lay your hand on the head of the burnt offering. So there was a lay, laying down of the head at the burnt offering, a sign of submission to the lamb. You see that? They had to take their lamb, put it on the altar, and submit, basically show a sign of submission to their lamb. And that was how God was going to be pleased with it. Or, and then there's, of course, more here. And it will be acceptable on your behalf, on your behalf. Not on everybody else's behalf, on your behalf. Everybody has to bring their, their ram or their, their sheep that's in the thicket to the altar. You cannot just rely on your leaders, on everybody else around you to bring your lamb for you. It wasn't acceptable for you. The only time it was acceptable for someone to bring the lamb for, for another person was when it had to do with kids or their family. When it had to do, just like, and we see that spiritually with kids, how the parents cover the kids spiritually, and this is actually in the Bible, until they are grown enough to decide good or evil. There's a, there's a spiritual covering in it, and it also talks about how the, the man covers the wife, and it even talks about how when there's a discord in the marriage, if, if, the male, if the other person that wants to divorce is pleased with the other, or if the other person is not saved and the other person is saved, if they're, if it, they're pleasing to stay together, then keep them together, because, and the one will cover the other. And, the, and, it, and it's just like in this instance, but if there's no people God's having you cover, that you cannot rely on... Leaders, others, you have to receive and understand how to bring your lamb and how to, how to bring it, be a living sacrifice, but you yourself have to do it. You yourself have to go to that altar of your heart and bring Christ to, to the manifestation place in your heart. You have to do it. That's why it says it's not those who hear the word, it's those who do it. You cannot just hear Moses say, oh, bring a lamb to the thing. Cover your doorpost. What if they didn't cover their doorpost in blood? Would they have survived? Well, they were Israel. They were chosen. What if they didn't put blood, blood on their doorpost? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say the mercy of God. He can do whatever he wants. But it was an instruction that if you put this blood over your doorpost, that's, that spirit of death will not come and harm you. But what if they didn't do it? Doesn't matter if they were chosen. Doesn't matter how much... They were burning for God. How much they wanted to obey God. If they didn't do it, then they probably wouldn't have lived. And that's the same thing in the spirit. We need to do it. We can't just, it says there's even people that hear the word, that the, the seed that's on the wayside, they hear the word and they hear it with gladness. But because they don't do, because the cares, I think that's the one with the thorns, because the cares of this life and the lust of the flesh takes them. But if they were to do it and not just hear it with gladness, Maybe they would have killed the lust of the flesh and the cares of life. Everything we hear in this house, everything we hear from the body of Christ worldwide, 
we have to not just hear it, we have to do it. And we cannot, and if we blame a minister of God, then we are just a hypocrite because we're the ones that didn't do it. Well, you preach this and you preach that. Where is it? Am I? Well, why aren't you taking it effect in your heart? Why aren't you taking that word and mixing it with faith? Why aren't you? This, and then there's times where we actually have to do things in the flesh that coincide with the word. So, but why, so it's not anybody else's fault. You didn't bring your lamb to the altar. So yeah, of course no glory came. It's really simple. And it will be acceptable on your behalf to make an atonement. You are you, you, not Moses. They didn't say, they didn't have Moses doing all this for them. They had Moses commanding them to do it. But if they didn't do it, was it Moses' fault? No, it was their fault. You are the slaughter of the young bull before the Lord. And, the, and Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and splash it against, see the blood, the blood of Jesus. That's a part of the whole thing. Splash it against the altar at the entrance of the tent of meeting. You are to skin the burnt offerings and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron and the priests are to put fire. See, fire, we can, and I can go all night with all this, but I'd be too long going deep into all this stuff. On the altar and arrange wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the wood that is, is burning on the altar. So here's the key part that I wanted to get out of this, especially too. Because, okay, so we've seen them season the lamb. We've seen them skin it. We've seen them bring it. They had to even just wait at the, 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 door, the door for it to be okay for them to come in. Because we can't just be bringing things to the altar. God is not going to accept it at, at the altar. So God wants to make sure things are right. And we see that they had to cut it in pieces. They had to, they had to put salt on it. And here's a big one that, is, that we don't do sometimes spiritually. Verse 9. You are to, you are to wash... Wash, purity, you are to wash the internal organs of the lamb. You had to cut it in pieces and wash the organ. They had to wash the heart. They had to wash the liver, the brain, every part of it, or else it wouldn't have been acceptable. And the legs with water. And the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, and an aroma pleasing to the Lord. And what is the organs that we have that we need to clean? Our heart and our mind. And then you can go even deeper with all the other parts, the, the intestines, the deliverance gate. All, we can go all night into all that stuff. But the biggest thing is the heart and the mind. Those are the two organs. And I, yes, I searched it up. I, didn't, I don't know anything about this stuff. The heart and the mind are organs. I searched up the organs. Why? You can search up yourself. These are included. And those are one of the biggest things. And if they're not clean... Then we're not, and then we're burning the we're burning the sacrifice, but we didn't clean it, and we're we don't know why God's not pleased with us. It's not because, you, but you didn't follow instruction, you didn't do the word, you didn't hear what you were you, what you, you, I instructed you to do it this way. I, I instructed you to clean your heart. I instructed you to repent. I instructed you to forgive your brother and sister. I instructed you to turn away from these things. To clean your internal organ. I've instructed you to, to cast out the lies. What does it say? Submit all, every thought to the knowledge of God. That no imagination would take over. 
I, I commanded you to do these things. This is how you clean, keep your heart and mind clean. But when you don't clean those things, that's why your sacrifice is bringing a displeasing aroma in the spirit. That's why others, your brothers and sisters, there's no natural connection there because there's still, the organs haven't been cleaned. Or maybe some other people's problem is they haven't salted their sheep. Some people's problem, but you understand what I'm saying? There's things that because we don't do it, whether it's because we don't do things of the word or we don't handle our hearts and mind that affect our spiritual climate, our personal spiritual climate. And then we can even feel it ourselves because even Cain, when he had that jealousy that got birthed in his heart right there, his continence fell. He can feel himself, something's, why am I changing? And I'm not saying there is times where witchcraft comes on us and it makes us feel a different way. I'm not talking about those things. And the Satan buffets, you have to know when is what is what. But there's times that we do things and that's why our continence has fallen. That's why we're doing things that we don't normally do. That's why we're feeling weird or we're feeling awkward. This thing happens and we don't even know why and we don't even intend to do things that we do. Sometimes we do things hiddenly. We don't even realize we're doing it hiddenly. And, and in, our, in, our, in our heart, it's, in, it's, actually kind of, it's actually pure. But because there's something still deep-rooted, it, it actually uses our pure heart. And then I wanted, that's why I wanted to get to this part. Because that's what, and I, then I started seeing with Peter. Matthew 16, 21-23. From the time forth began Jesus to unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things to the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up again on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. He started rebuking Jesus about the will of God. We know this one. And said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not, not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Peter was probably like, Why am I offending you? What are you talking about? How am I being an offense to you? But he didn't realize that Satan was using his pure intention. He probably had a pure intention. Yeah, I want to protect Jesus. I don't want him to get hurt. This is my savior. But because he still had that carnal thinking and because he still had that, that, that worldly protection in him, that worldly insecurity, it manifested into him thinking that he was protecting the Lord. Meanwhile, he was actually being an offense unto him. He was actually getting in his way. And Peter was probably, and who knows, we don't know. Peter was probably questioning, so how am I? He just, did he just call me Satan? Did he just say I'm an offense to him? How am I an offense to him? But you don't understand, Peter. You're not thinking like me. I have to die. And sometimes we're doing, these things are happening to us, but that's because our, our mind and our heart is not lined up with the Spirit of God. And we're being an offense on other brothers and sisters, or the aroma that is in our heart is, being, is displeasing others, or is displeasing God. But we have to get to the core of it. It didn't matter how, how, how pure Peter's heart was, the devil still was able to use it because it was carnal. Now let's, ju let's jump back to, now I want to jump into something even deeper in Leviticus 1. Let's go back to Leviticus 1 because, see, I, always, I was reading all this and I was thinking, oh, so all they did was always sacrifice the lamb, the ram. Okay, it represented Jesus, I get that. But then watch this. And it talks about a bird offering. So you're going to start to understand these things. How we actually, actually, Christ and this next thing that I'm going to reveal to you are actually the pleasing things that go to God. Or that actually please God and bring pleasing aroma onto us. No matter, even if our flesh has issues, because the aroma inside of our spirit that is, is being 
is being brought onto the Lord in heaven, in heaven, God is still pleased with us because he's smelling Christ. Because even though you are there in Christ and you still have your problems, you're hidden in Christ. It's when we come out of the being hidden in Christ is where we start, things start to change. Verse 10, back in Leviticus 1. If the offering is burnt, let's skip that because it's all going back into the sheep. Okay, here we go. And Aaron's sons and the priests shall splash it on the altar. And you are to cut, go to down to 12, you are to cut it into pieces. The priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat and the burning of the altar. Oh, it actually goes back into the washing. See, it goes back again into washing the organs again. Okay, oh, it's on 14. 14. If the offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds. See, now, it's a, now we're talking about a bird offering. We just went from a lamb to a bird now. There was two things that were to be sacrificed. There was one thing that was supposed to be sacrificed from the people, and there was one thing that the one additional thing that the priests of God had to do. One additional thing that the priests had to do. Not only did they have to sacrifice the lamb themselves, but they had to do this. You are to offer a dove or a young pigeon. And what is the dove? And the Holy Spirit fell on Christ like a dove. As after he was, after he fulfilled all righteousness, the Holy Spirit. There was a, a sacrifice of the dove offering from the priest. The priest shall bring it to the altar, wring off its head on the altar. Its blood shall be drained on the altar. He is to remove the crop and the feathers and throw down the east to the altar, and he shall tear it open its wings, not dividing it completely. And then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is burning on the altar. If it, if it is a burnt, burnt offering, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. There's two things that need to be burning on our heart. These two things, the, the, the ram, the, the sheep, the lamb, and the dove. There's one that, that, that makes us born again and, and is our is our Christly anointing. And then there's one as priests, as ministers. Not to, and I'm not just talking about ministers, leaders of churches and all that. I'm talking about one to be, to be able to flow in the Holy Ghost, to be able to, a, a dove offering. These two things need to be burning in our heart. Christ and the Spirit of God. This is how our heart and mind become a pleasing aroma to God. When these two are being are, being, are germinating our heart, are forming our hearts, the Spirit of God and, and the Spirit of Christ. These two things is, is how we become a pleasing aroma. What did, let's go back to what Paul said. It said, he said. He says that we are, for we are to God, the pleasing aroma of Christ. Not in and of ourselves are we a pleasing aroma, but we are the pleasing aroma of Christ. And the manifestation of these two make us pleasing to God. But when, we're, when, 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 when God is not the pleasing aroma in us, that's when things, there's flesh. And what does flesh smell like? Flesh is dead. When, you, when, you, when there's a dead body, you smell it, and it smells ter terrible. And you get around people that are burning flesh and carnal, and they're ministering. They could be ministering Bible scriptures and saying all the right things, but you something just doesn't sit right in your spirit. It's like, no, it's, a, I, it's right, yeah. You're, you're saying it's good. It's scriptural. I even teach it. But I don't know, I feel something, dude. I feel a little, 
This feels dead. When we preach, when we teach, when we live, there should be a, a feeling of life coming into the atmosphere. Whether people are dead and, they're, and, it's, and it's keeping them more dead or it's bringing people to life. There should be a sense of life being released out of our mouth when we pray, when we speak, when we do. Everything we do has to have a fragrance of Christ. It has to release something in the atmosphere. It cannot, there has to be a substance to our Christian walk. It cannot just be a Christian walk. There has to be power released from our bodies, released from our spirits, from our spirit man every time it moves and does. And these two things, Christ, the sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit, these are the two things that keep us pleasing the God. And when we sin, when we mess up, it says, and then they overcame the, 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 the accuser of the brethren through the blood of the Lamb. And we get back in the blood and we become pleasing again. When we, need to when we need to please God and fulfill the plans for life, it's the dove, it's the Holy Spirit that makes us pleasing for His good and faithful work. Then God spoke this to me. Inward germinations, if you don't know what that word is, look it up. Meaning like it's like something that's resonating in you, something that's burning inside of you. Create outward manifestations. What's burning in our heart, what we're burning for, what we're desiring, what we're intending, what we're focused on is going to create the two outward manifestations like we spoke before. It's going to create a spiritual sense that people only that our spiritual can feel and it's going to create an outward manifestation it's going to create and not only outward manifestations from yourself but also if it's god it says he will back it up with signs and wonders outward manifestations when it's god it, he not only has an outward manifestations from yourself but from heaven itself but what are you burning on your altar? And that's what God's asking us tonight. What is the aroma that you're giving off in the, in the atmosphere? It, out, don't think, out, think outside of how you pray and how you preach and what you do and what you don't do and what you do do. What is, what is really consuming your mind all day? What is really the, your desires all day? What are you really burning for? Because at the end of the day, this is what people are going to get rubbed about when, you, when they get around you. Or this is the thing that people are going to start seeing. If there's an offense in your heart, guess what? It's going to be revealed. If there's lust in your heart, it's going to be revealed. Any, any of these things. And I'm not saying there's times when people are struggling with things, whatever. I'm not saying that because the, that's when the blood of the land comes because the person is trying to get free. But when the person is resonating with these things and going after these things and, and burning for these things, that's when the aroma comes up. And that's when the flesh starts revealing the spirits or the spirit. Uh, this last, then the last scripture. I think that was it. If, walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up, up for us an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. God, we want to be a fragrant aroma in the Spirit. We want to be pleasing to, the spirit, to, the, to you, Father, and to the church of Jesus Christ. When Paul came around to the churches, they were pleased when it, even Shane was talking about, they were crying when the guy left. Because there was, not only, it wasn't only about his teaching, but there was a substance to his words that, that, that changed them. There was a substance to his words that when they, he came around, the Spirit of God came around. 
And by God, I, when, when I come around, I want the Spirit of God to come around when I'm around. Whether I'm here, in the office, at the grocery store, at home, I want the Spirit of God to be around when I'm around. Because I want to be burning the Lamb. Wherever the, whenever the Lamb is burning, whenever the dove is burning, God's glory will be burning and coming down from heaven. Wherever you go. But what are you burning on your altar? There's times we're tempted to take things just like the uh, Aaron's sons. Was it Aaron's sons that did the false fire? One of them? You would get tempted to burn other things on the altar. And, we get, and, they, and, and it displeased God. Or Korah wanted to, dis, wanted to bring other things to the altar. We get tempted to burn on our fence. We get tempted to burn for other desires. We get tempted to burn for these other things. But we need to, to get rid of the lust that draw us away. With, with, it says when you're tempted, you're drawn away by your lusts. And the, and, the, and, the, and the things that are deep down inside of you. And when we get rid of the things that are deep down inside of us, there won't be a t- the temptation won't even be there to affect us. Because then we'll be able to say, guess what, Satan, you have nothing in me. It says, and he said to the demon, I cast you out because guess what, Satan, you got nothing in me. So therefore, be gone. And that's where we need to get to a place where we can be like, guess what, Satan, you got nothing in me. I ain't lusting after that stuff anymore, so get out. Get the seven kingdoms out of my face because I, when you bring that at me, I, honestly, I laugh. And I think it's funny how you're still trying to tempt me with that because it's very childish of you because I'm, it doesn't even pull me even, even the bit. That's where I want to get. And that's when Satan gets so angry and starts having to do other things and starting to send. There's a point where the, Satan can't even get you in the spirit and he has to start sending people in the flesh to try to lure you. Well, if I can't get him in the spirit, then I'm going to try to get him in the flesh. I'm going to try to make people intimidate. I've, I've heard of stories where people have people that are demonically possessed try to intimidate them. There was people that tried, to, that, that tried to stop Paul's ministry. Paul was probably so, 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 so being able to keep all those things at bay that the devil was trying to do in his head, he had to send that guy to stop his ministry. He had to send, send the girl that he had to cast a demon out of to hinder him. He had to send, the devil had to send the guy that, he, that Paul made blind. The devil had to send people just to stop him. That's how powerful, his, he, that's how much he, he kept his mind and heart from the penetration of Satan. I want to get to that level. So, Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, that you just fill our hearts. Everybody can stand up. You just fill our hearts and mind, Father, with the fragrance of Christ, Father, with the manifestation of Christ, because the manifestation of Christ is the fragrance of Christ. It's not just what he did on that day, but what he did on that day is a pleasing aroma, but what the Holy Spirit is doing in this day is a pleasing aroma. And I want to be pleasing. I just say, God, I want to be pleasing to you. And when I get around my brothers and sisters, I want them to feel that God is pleased with me. Pleased with me. Thank you, Father. Let our aroma be pleasing. Let our aroma be as, as a flame of fire. Let it be as embers, Father. Let, us, let there be no mixture in, our, in the spiritual sense that we're giving, up, giving off in the atmosphere, that we're giving off in the heavens, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father.